It's not a huge investment. Art is a derivative endeavor. I didn't go out and buy every tool for every kind of finish. I understand why you don't want to be the least expensive, but why don't you want to be the most expensive? Actually, the older I'm getting, I do want to be more expensive. <laughs> yes. I love that answer. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time zone you're in, this is the Emerging Artist Podcast. Welcome. I'm here with Cherie Nicole. I'm Scott Markowitz. And we are talking about the business of decorative finishes. Cherie, if we were to talk about decorative finishes, a lot of people have this notion that it's not really in fashion anymore. So let's talk about that first, and then let's dive into how we can make money doing it. Yes, actually, I've heard that comment throughout my whole life, even in the very beginning of me starting faux over 20 years ago as a business, <laughs> is that nobody does faux painting anymore. And that's simply not the case. There are so many things in the faux industry that a lot of people actually have no idea that are faux painted that are. And so anytime you go to a furniture store, you may not realize that a table is actually not wood. It might be resin and it's faux painted to look like wood and lamps and different things like that may appear that there are certain structures, but they actually aren't, that they're faux painted. And so th that actually, that idea is really where the faux artists, it's our responsibility to educate designers and decorators and homeowners of what is available. Oh, that's a really good point, Sharif, because as an emerging artist, you might think, oh, designers will reach out to me when they need something done to do a faux finish. but. It's really a back and forth. You want to continually educate yourself on what's available, what new techniques could be achieved, and then you want to communicate that to your designer friends so that they know. Correct. And a lot, because we live in such a humid climate here, a lot of times people will give me wallpaper samples. And so I will say, I'm sure the wallpaper world doesn't always appreciate faux painters matching products, but we do. We will be given wallpaper samples and the client doesn't like seams. They don't want to deal with removing a wallpaper later down the road or down here we have issues with mold. And so faux painting is a nice option. And oftentimes you can really match the wallpaper dead on or come very close to it. And so those are some ways to get some finishes that are trending to go to a store where you can look at some wallpaper samples and see what ones you like and match them in faux painting. That's fantastic. So for the emerging artist out there who's either starting their business right now or they're thinking about starting their business soon or in the near future, what are some of the different types of finishes that are really popular right now or that are particularly profitable right now? The glass beads have had a run for quite a long time. Glass beads are produced by a company called Golden Paintworks, and it's their proceed line. And they're a very cool company, and they have a lot of different products, some of which I've not tried that I'm looking forward to and creating some new finishes. But glass beads also 
was a wallpaper finish too. There are plenty of wallpapers that have beads in it. And they do tend to have heavy lines when the wallpapers are applied. So the nice thing about the glass beads is you don't have that. And there's so many things that you can do with the glass beads that are really versatile. So that's why one of the reasons of its popularity, and it is a good moneymaker for a faux finisher to, to market that. And so that's why we started with glass beads as for being our first complimentary course that we would put out for people to give it a try. And it's a course that just the novice can do too. Yeah, I love that you really want to help artists get started in their business and what a fantastic way to help somebody really gain that profitability skill than mm-hmm. to offer the Beaded Bliss course. And so tell us where somebody who would like to learn how to apply this type of faux finish, where they can go to watch the course and to learn how to do their own beaded faux finish. That can be accessed through the website at shereenicole.com, S-H-I-R-E-N-I-C-H-O-L-E. And from there, it will be broken down into three different segments. So you don't have to sit and watch the whole thing at one time. The first part will be an introduction that will be addressing both the homeowner and the business owner. Preparation, laying that first foundation just to get started. We'll provide a PDF download that you'll be able to purchase or have PDF download that will have a list locally from a store here in Naples, Florida, where you can do one-stop shop. You can buy everything that you need for the project there. There will also be a list also from another company where you can order anywhere from the United States and have everything shipped to you in that way. And then also linking to my link tree that you'll be able to see what other products I use and recommend, and that will help you to do the job successfully. And so much like any profession, the right tools for the job make it more enjoyable and produce a professional look. Yeah, and I can tell everybody out there firsthand that the beaded decorative finish is absolutely beautiful. It looks so pretty on the wall. So I have some more questions about the beaded finish, but first, I think a lot of the the emerging artists out there are going to want to know how much of an investment is this for me to get into that kind of work? Mm -hmm. Because if you're starting out a business or you're thinking about starting a business, you want to be operating as lean as possible. That's true. So what kind of investment is it really to get into offering this for your emerging customers? It's not a huge investment. And I will say from my own experience, what I began with, I didn't go out and buy every tool for every kind of finish that I may or may not have coming up. So I just took it one job at a time. So I would only buy whatever supplies that I needed to do that job. And that's what I would suggest if you're going to get started with the beaded finishes, the PDF will have a list of all the products that that you need. Initially, what I would recommend is first you need to measure out the space that you want to do. And so if it's approximately like in the video, I believe we did a accent wall that's around 400 square feet. So in total, 
with the paint, with the beads, everything you're looking at less than $500 to create that whole finish. But then you also have some supplies that you can use to do another job. With all that taken into account, it's important then to come up with a way or a system to figure out how much you're going to charge your client. Let's talk about that real quick. Correct. Back when my dad and I first went to Seattle to FOFX International, Kelly King was the artist that taught and he believed very strongly in Napoleon Hill's concept of business. And I appreciated that business aspect of it because like I said, no artists don't always know exactly what to charge and they're so excited that somebody let them paint something on a wall that sometimes they they do it for little or nothing and they don't make much at all but what I do I look at the lifestyle I want the lifestyle of what's important to me is vacationing important to me eating out having money to do things for family and friends investment retirement college fund all these things go into factoring also what my charges are going to be and of course the materials cost and i usually i figure in how much time did i spend on the phone with that person previously how much time did i spend with that person just on the estimate? Did I have to do sample boards for that person? How much time did I spend doing that? Then did I have to meet them again and go over the sample boards? And then the actual amount of time that it took me to drive, to pick up supplies, did I have shipping costs, products, everything is encompassed. And then I also figure when I do the estimate, what is the square footage? How much would it be if I charged only per square foot? And then estimate how much time it also would take me. So I also two factor in problems because there's always something that you didn't foresee that was going to happen on the job. And so maybe if you're figuring on an hourly rate figure, okay, you know what? I don't know what could happen, but maybe there's something that could slow down this job and it's going to take me two or three hours more than what I expected. And so figure all that in. So I don't really care what another faux finisher charges. I've never really asked. I have never asked another faux finisher what they charge. And I don't feel like I'm the most expensive, but I'm not the cheapest either. And I don't want to be in either necessarily category, but something that I appreciate that Kelly King brought out too, is that this is a very specific line of work that requires creative people. And so we do, we want to elevate our business as well. And we do want to keep it at a nice price point as well, because it is a luxury business and it isn't for everybody. And it, yeah, this we're going to talk in a future episode. We'll definitely get into the marketing and the market positioning. That's a really good thing to start thinking about, you guys out there. If you're positioned as the cheapest artist or constantly cutting your rates to win jobs, then you're also creating a race to the bottom with yourself. And that's right. in the long term, that's not sustainable. 
No, it's not. You want to definitely make sure that you're creating that space for yourself that you can live comfortably and achieve your lifestyle goals, like Cherie said. You also probably don't necessarily want to be the most expensive either. Cherie, if you can tell me why you like to be in the middle of that range for the marketplace here, what's your reasoning for not wanting to be? I understand why you don't want to be the least expensive, but why don't you want to be the most expensive? Actually, the older I'm getting, I do want to be more expensive. <laughs> yes, yeah, I love that answer. I love that answer. So I think that has to come in time. That when I first got started in the first couple of years, I'm learning too, a lot. And a lot of things you just have to learn on the job that, yeah. that you're not going to get in a class. But at the same time, in those first couple of years, I couldn't charge what I charge now. Because now I have 20 years of experience under my belt and I'm not looking to work more. I am le- looking to work physically less just because I'm getting older and physically can't maintain that kind of stamina. So I don't have a problem with as I'm getting older being the more expensive artist. I'm okay with that. Yeah. But for me personally, that has had to come over time. I don't even think I I would have felt comfortable with that at 10 years because I want to be able to say that I'm giving you my very best and I'm worth every penny of it. And not that I felt like I was not a good artist or faux finisher. I just felt like I needed more time and to be able to give that credibility if that makes any sense. That makes perfect sense, Sheree. I think that like anytime you're in a real geographical marketplace offering your services, you don't have the experience or the placement in the market for that frame of reference for anyone to know that you're worth more. So yes, maybe mm-hmm. for that first job, it's okay to undercut your worth a little bit so you have something to show somebody. So you have a little bit of a building block for your portfolio. But that has to be a personal decision if you want to do a job for less than what you really feel it's worth in order to get that experience. Not all things for me are about the money either. There are many jobs and even now that I'm just excited about the project and I'm aware that sometimes a homeowner isn't in a position or just wouldn't pay maybe top dollar. But I just am excited about doing it and I want it for my portfolio and I want the opportunity. So I'm willing to do the job for less because it means something to me. And I'm fine with that. But like you said, that has to be a personal decision. Not everything is going to be a win. Yeah, it should be always a strategic decision, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Another thing that we touched on a little bit earlier, Cherie, was the investment in the actual faux finish or the decorative finish and how much is it going to cost me to actually execute on a particular decorative finish. But there's also other costs involved in running a business. It's not just the materials and it's not just the time. There's also the experience. How do you get the experience? I think it's probably more important in our industry to invest in yourself than it is in most other industries. I agree. And I think one of the things that I've enjoyed throughout the years is I love learning from other artists in every medium. 
and so being open to realize that you don't know it all. Luster Stone, for instance, has been around for, boy, maybe 25, 30 years. And FOFX makes it. And I've been using it forever. And only a couple of years ago, I saw another our artist working with it in a completely different way on social media that had never occurred to me. And so... I appreciated learning something new and I have taken perspective classes here in in Naples at Von Liebig and I took a oil painting class there as well and years ago in in Montana I took a class I meant to take an oil class and they didn't have it available and they had a watercolor class and I did not want to do watercolors And I talked myself into it because everybody said, if you can master watercolors, you can do anything. Three classes into it felt like, I don't know, it was a mental block. I had so much struggle with it and I thought I had no creativity. I remember crying (laughs) and my work looked terrible and just, I was so upset about it. And finally, by the start of the fourth class, it just clicked. And what's so funny is the way I approach my mural work is very much based off of how I learned to do watercolors. And I'm glad I stuck with it, even though it, it was really hard on me. So I think there's this, it's always good to constantly invest in learning from all different sources. I've taken other classes. I took classes with my dad and my husband, and it just I just decided it was just too labor-intensive for me to just try to manage throughout the years. So I actually, I appreciated the class. I learned some things from it as well that I took away, but I actually never sold one product of it or one finish of it. I just, I decided not to, but I don't regret taking any of those classes. Yeah. Art is a derivative endeavor. So Again, this would be a great time to to bring up the Beaded Bliss course. If you want to learn how to apply this decorative finish, please visit shereenicole.com, S-H-I-R-E-E-N-I-C-H-O-L-E.com. You can take the Beaded Bliss course for free, and you can learn how there's opportunities to learn even more about your emerging business, how to become a successful, profitable artist on shereenicole.com. And I do have one, one more question about the beaded bliss. How long do you think it would take somebody who has never done a beaded decorative finish to learn how to do it well? I think really, if they did the finish, that's in the video course that we did. I think two accent walls or two jobs, I think you, you would have a really good idea. Now, that's a more simple finish to do, and I don't think it's going to take the average person very long at all to pick up on the nuances of working with the beads and figuring out the water level and all that, that you should have your mixture. I think you'll learn pretty quickly. Patience is going to be the biggest key. I think along with creativity, I think patience is equally just as important. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, somebody could get really good at that within less than a month, maybe two weeks. Yeah, I right? think so. Yeah. And, and then they have a real profitable skill. I mean, I think that's that's a pretty good deal. Ask your friends, ask your in-laws if they want a wall done. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> have them pay you for the materials. Maybe 
kitchen a pizza for you. There you go. <laughs> and then you could you have the beginnings of a profitable business. Cherie, thank you. I'm glad that we were able to, to talk about your decorative finishes. And I think that there's definitely a lot to consider after listening to this episode. And I definitely would encourage everybody to go out to cherienicole.com and take the Beaded Bliss course. It's free. And it's, uh, it's a great way to expand your awareness of what's possible. That would be great. <laughs> All right, guys, you take care and we'll catch you next time.